Hello, everybody. Welcome into episode 22 of the Take a Swig podcast. This is Swig. We are coming at you a few days after Super Bowl 57 has wrapped up with the Kansas City Chiefs claiming their second Super Bowl in the last few years over the Philadelphia Eagles in a thrilling 38 to 35 back and forth Super Bowl. And uh, before I do anything else, I have my good friend Blake with me as always. Blake, as you guys know, is a Chiefs fan. So I wanted uh, Blake to, first of all, say congratulations. And second of all, give you the floor. How are you feeling right now after a second Super Bowl championship? Uh, I want to start by saying thank you, Swig. Uh, and I feel amazing, man. This one feels just as good as the last one. I don't know if you felt that way with both the Super Bowls with Eli, but it's I didn't expect it to be a similar feeling to win a second one, but it's just as good as the first. It really is. Yeah, so I, I think that's a really interesting point you brought up. Because like, So when uh, when the Giants won the first of the two Super Bowls that uh, we've been alive for, when the Patriots were 18-0 and in, the, in Super Bowl 42, and it was such a massive upset, it was so special, not only because of what a huge upset it was, but also because the Giants that year went 10-6, and six, and we were not expected to, to do much of anything. Maybe we win one playoff game. We ended up winning the Super Bowl in a huge upset. That's all amazing. But not only all that, it was the first championship that any of my teams won that I was old enough to remember. And it, it, it's just something that I will never forget. And then when, when the Giants won four years later, it wasn't quite as big of an upset. The Patriots, we played them again. They weren't undefeated this time, but it was still just as special. The Giants snuck in as a nine and seven team and ended up winning a Super Bowl. I know that our circumstances for winning were different from the Chiefs, but uh, the, the second one is just as sweet. I remember it just as fondly, and I'm, I'm sure you're feeling the same. Yeah, and I think part of it for me is how both games were a tale of two halves. Like, you know, I, I was very nervous in the first half of both games, and slowly as the second halves went on, I kind of I kind of got comfortable, actually, especially the second one. I got really comfortable uh, when we got our first lead of the game. And that feels so weird to say, but I knew at that point we were winning. Well, I mean, I, so now, now that's one thing. I honestly, my myself, I can't say I relate to that exactly. I know that I'm definitely on the, the pessimistic side, but in, in the two giant Super Bowl runs were – years where the Giants won either nine or 10 games in the regular season. One of those years, we didn't even win our own division. And the only year I've seen the Giants really dominate Cruz through a regular season was way back in 2008 when the Giants started 11 and one, but then Plaxico Burris shot himself in the foot, literally um, it, it, sometime in November and the Giants finished 12 and four and lost their first playoff game. Other than that, it's been years where the Giants have slipped into the playoffs and now, the, the Super Bowls all count the same. I'm not trying to complain, but the, the Chiefs have been a uh, one, the, an elite team the last few years where they where they have coasted through and they've had a number one seed in the first round by a couple of times. And, and I'm guessing it's uh, it's a little bit of a different feeling. I, I wouldn't have that same sense of security that you might. Yeah, I, I definitely I think that definitely plays into it. How I think it what was it? Five straight AFC championship games in Kansas City. Like, you know, to a certain degree, you start expecting these almost perfect seasons. And, uh, like, 
you know, just with Mahomes, especially since Mahomes has been here, it's I know if we're are in a tight spot in the second half and it's a close game, I, I know I can trust him. And it's just been really nice being able to buy in in all these close games like certain teams I still sweat bullets for like Buffalo and Cincinnati but I don't when we took that first lead in the second half I just didn't I stopped sweating that game it just had a different feel to it for me interesting I mean for me personally uh, and for for any listeners wondering this is just going to be mostly a Super Bowl recap and uh, and our reaction to it and uh, I wanted to make sure I give Blake this moment here to uh, to celebrate his team's championship. I know I would want to do the same if it was my team. So uh, from my perspective, Blake, the, the biggest turning point in the game, or at the very least, the biggest turning point in the first half, was, was the Jalen Hurts fumble that Nick Bolton scooped and scored. Because if it weren't for that play, in my opinion, I think there's a very real chance that the Chiefs are down 28-7 to at the half and the game's over. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, that those points were big, but now I'm glad you brought up that one because how do you feel about the second one? I definitely felt like that was a catch and fumble. Man, um, I'll, I'll be completely honest because like I, I'm not gonna hide my transparency where I'm a Giants fan. I hate the Philadelphia Eagles, so I was relieved when when the Chiefs ended up winning. My live reaction. And if we need to get any of my friends at the Super Bowl party I was at to vouch for this, we can do that. My live reaction was, I think it was an incomplete pass. I wanted it to be a catch and fumble and a scoop and score. Don't get me wrong. And it was an excellent play defensively, but I don't think he had it quite long enough for them to call it a catch and fumble. He only took one step. I know that the rules of the securing the process of the catch or making a football move or are very case-by-case case and inconsistent, but my live reaction was I think it was an incomplete pass. Okay. Speaking of live reaction, oh, okay, never mind, never mind. It wasn't a live reaction because uh, I didn't think it was an incomplete pass till after seeing all the replays, but that Dallas Goddard catch. Mm. That's a tougher one for me. See, live, that, that one, I'm kind of the other way around. Live, I, I thought that was a catch, and it was a bad conversion for the Chiefs to give up on a third and 14. And then when we saw the replay, when, and we saw it a few different times, my thought was, I don't think Goddard controlled it until his first foot was off the ground, and he only got one foot in with control rather than two. So I, I disagreed with, with that call, and I thought the Chiefs were, in a sense, fortunate to escape only giving up three on that drive instead of seven yeah i definitely didn't feel like that was a catch because like he took both of his hands off the ball how is that a catch but the Devonte smith play was an incomplete pass i feel like Devonte smith had more control of that football i agree 100 percent. now now the Devonte smith one i personally i did see eventually I, I thought at least I saw that the the, the, um, the ball hit the ground. And I, I know that if the ground doesn't help you maintain possession, that it should still be a catch. And it was really hard to tell, but I could at least see the ball move on Devontae's after he went out of bounds. And I, I could at least understand that argument. I, the Goddard one was a little bit more surprising to me. 
the, the, the Chiefs overall, like I thought during the first half, especially now, now granted the field conditions were abysmal and the NFL should be absolutely fucking ashamed of themselves for stroking their own dicks for, for growing an $800,000 grass field for two years, debuting it in the Super Bowl where everyone hates the field. But I, I thought the Chiefs in the first half defensively were just horrific in terms of they couldn't get off the field on a third down. They were giving up long conversions. They couldn't make a tackle to save their lives. And obviously a much better second half. But if it weren't for that Hurts fumble, you guys are down at least two scores going into the half. Yeah. Uh, speaking on that first half, the only person on our defense I saw consistently making tackles was Nick Bolton. Everybody else was uh, – now, some of it could be the field, but everybody else was getting broken off. I think a little bit of it was the field because I, I think it was noticeable for me at least that the field was a major problem by the end of the first quarter. You saw yeah. all the, the divots. You saw players on both teams slipping around. I mean, it, well, I think it was Jake Elliott who had the kickoff at whatever point of the game it was. I apologize for forgetting. But where he slipped as he kicked that off and the fact that he got it as far as he did is nothing short of a miracle. Definitely. Yeah, the Ah, that play was kind of scary for his ankle, if I'm being honest. Right? Now, I mean, how many times have we seen a player, kicker or not, get seriously injured onto their ankle turning like that? Yeah, that that could have been pretty bad. Um, a couple of things. I want to give Jalen Hurts his flowers. I, I doubted him for a while, but that man proved to me that he can make some very difficult throws, and he's a very explosive uh-huh. athlete. Uh, I think he's got a very bright future, and so does the rest of the Eagles team. I feel like they could very easily be back in this spot sometime soon. And, uh, yeah, and to hit on the field again, like, the whole Eagles team switched cleats, I think, two different times. And that's just something that I never had previously thought of during any game, much less the Super Bowl. I don't know about you. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen – just a pile of cleats on the sideline because the field conditions are that poor. And the fact that it happens in the world's biggest stage in a game where, like I said a minute ago, the NFL stroking themselves off for growing this field and, and giving it sunlight or whatever. I'm not a fucking scientist, but the NFL is clearly so proud of this field that they've specially grown for the game. And it was nothing short of a disaster And I know that there have been regular season games in Arizona where this Super Bowl was held, where the grass has been an issue before. But the fact that it was this big of an issue on the world's, the league's biggest stage, I I don't think is a great look. And I do think it had at least some impact. Now, granted, it impacted both teams, but that's not something that you want to be a talking point if you're the NFL. No, definitely not. That's got to be terrible for business. And... No, um. No. So we kind of talked a bit about the first half. What do you feel like was a like one of the most pivotal plays of the second half? There were a couple ones I wanted to talk about in the second half, but I want to start off. Let's make sure that we're a very, very serious, nuanced podcast here. I want whatever drugs Patrick Mahomes was given at the half. Yeah, I saw some clips from the parade. I think they're still flowing through his blood. <laughs> that and about 17 beers, right? 
Oh, there's a clip of him in the locker room saying he's gonna kill like a hundred cores light. Okay, I don't. I, I'm. I'm just gonna doubt him publicly right now. I don't think he has the ability to crush that many like Travis Kelsey might. Dude, I don't know. I saw this clip where uh, I forget what comedian it was. Uh, had him at some nightclub that they're performing it, and he drank the whole bar out of Coors Light. I mean, okay, back in the day, it was Peyton Manning bragging about how many Budweiser's he was going to drink. Um, why don't we get these guys some better beers? Yeah, why are these multi-million-dollar athletes drinking the cheap shit? Now, if you're playing drinking games, I understand because you need those cheap beers to get them down faster and not fuck yourselves over later in the night. And who knows? I'm, I'm sure there's a good chance that's what they were doing. But in terms of pure taste, you can do a lot better. Yeah. And not even pay that much more and you can still do a lot better. If I had a contract where I was getting 50 million sheets a year. I would buy whatever craft beers I fucking wanted for the rest of my life. I don't, I don't know. I'm not. Are like, would you cons? Is IPAs like a craft beer? They can be. I mean, what what's your favorite IPA? Uh, the was it the Bell's Too Hardy right now? Okay. okay, I can respect that. I mean, I personally, like, I know I'm a huge New York guy. I used to live in Wisconsin. I love spotted cows. Those are an ale. But what, what, whatever it is, I was taught from a young age. And I, I don't know if anyone could tell from that hiccup that I've been drinking before we started recording tonight. Because, um, yeah, I've been smoking on that Eagles pack as well. So maybe I'm a little cross. But I, I just, I don't understand the obsession with the, the, the cheapest, most commonplace generic beers. Like, you can do better. You're Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you got a half a billion dollar contract and you own part of the Royals. Oh, yeah. I almost forgot about the ownership of the Royals part. Now, at least somebody owns the Royals besides their AL Central rivals because the Royals are fucking ass. Hey, I know nothing about baseball. <laughs> I respect that. Um, Anyone who does know baseball knows that that was a perfect burn right there, like Kelso from that 70s show style. But uh, circling back, I mean... The, the Chiefs got the ball to start the second half, and they had a massive drive to get themselves back in the game, getting in the end zone. Huge. And and then uh, it, it pains me to talk about it. Uh, I, and we're going to get, by the way, to the, to the controversial possibly holding call near the end at some point. But before we get there, I think we need to talk about Kadarius Toney. Before I say anything about him, what kind of impact do you think he had on the game tonight or on Sunday? Um, to me, it was a big impact on a limited snap count. And that's kind of what pushed me to uh, purchase a Kadarius Tony jersey. You purchased a Kadarius Tony jersey. I respect it. I thought about that once back in the day. And when I say back in the day, I mean a year ago, because the Giants had him for less than two seasons. And we traded him to a situation that was extremely beneficial for him and it worked out now maybe the giants front office was playing chess instead of checkers and said hey i know we overachieved this year but we're not going to win the super bowl and the be next best thing is that our big rival in our division loses and Kadarius tony helped that happen so um 
that, that, that works, I guess. But I, I have a feeling that's not why we traded him to the Chiefs. And, you know, let's just say it is, you know, 3D chess has been played all year in New York. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how to play two-dimensional chess. I know how to play checkers. I don't know about you. Um, I'm not very good at chess, but I understand enough to play. Okay. See, I, see, I can't do that. I, I'm really good at Sudoku puzzles, but I know that that's not even close to the same thing. Sudoku pisses me off. See, look at that. We we all have yeah, different strokes for different folks, right? Like, I, I like Sudoku, but it's like I, every time I get close and then I'm like, ah, now I'm just getting ahead. <laughs> I mean, real quick. So, Kadarius Tony caught a touchdown in the second half. He also had the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. I believe it was 65 yards. And the Chiefs got down to the five-yard line, I believe it was, at the end of his return. A huge yep. play. No question about it. The Chiefs scored a touchdown right after that. So, obviously, he had a big impact on the game. Now, I, I know that it's a little different from, say, the Juju Smith-Schusters of the world who are playing more snaps, but Kadarius Tony has an interesting skill set, and I expect him to be on the field more next season for the Chiefs. But I think they did an excellent job of putting him in an advantageous position to play to his strengths, and God, did he run with the opportunity, no pun intended. Oh, yeah, that point return, that, that play alone kind of – to me, was like what we really needed. Uh, we needed somebody to make a play, and he stepped up. Can we talk about how we ran the same exact play to opposite sides to get two different touchdowns? I thought that was fucking awesome. Yes, go ahead. You have the floor. Talk about it. Uh, like it, just the fact that we're in the red zone and had over 10 yards of separation on the same play two different times. It just it baffles me. Like, I just got tongue-tied trying to figure out what adjective I wanted to use. I, I could only imagine the, the tears of happiness that might have been flowing at that exact moment. Now, real quick, by the way, I, I know this didn't happen, but I just wanted to ask it real quick as a hypothetical because I was mentioning it while I was watching the game live. So... The, at one point, the Chiefs were up 28-27, and then Tony had that punt return that set up the touchdown a couple plays later, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I've always been curious to get other people's thoughts on this, and I wanted to get yours too. So the Chiefs were up by one before the punt return. They scored that touchdown. Did you ever think the Chiefs should go for two to try to go up by nine points and make it a two-possession game in that moment? Yeah, uh, I mean, that wasn't my live thought, but I agree looking back and knowing that they went for two and got it, I would have liked to see us at least attempt it. The other thing was on the last drive, I didn't want three. I didn't want McKinnon to score either, but I wanted six on that drive. So one at a time. So I, I want to get to McKinnon in a second. Before uh, let, Let's go to the holding penalty after this last point here. So if I'm not mistaken, near the beginning of the year, we were watching a Chiefs Monday night game against the Raiders together. And I, I want to say it was week three or four. It was near the beginning of the year. And the Chiefs were oh, yeah. up by one. 
And in the fourth quarter, they scored a touchdown and they went for two to try to go up by nine. And they didn't get it, so they were up by seven. And then when the Raiders scored a touchdown, they tried to go for two to take the lead and they missed it. And the Chiefs held on and won by one point. And I know that that exact scenario easily could have played out in the Super Bowl. And it, it would have been a big risk if Andy Reid went for it, but we know he's got some balls. And I was saying live, I think the Chiefs are going to consider this because the, the way the Eagles offense was going, the, the Chiefs were up one. They take the extra point after their touchdown. They go up by eight. And I thought there was a really strong chance that the, that the Eagles would go right down the field and tie the game, and they did. Yeah. Um, I, I liked I mean, I was okay with taking the extra point live because I felt like our defense had adjusted well enough to kind of hold off the rest of the game. Like, I liked how Spags really switched where the pressure was coming from in the second half. We were getting home more often. We were not finishing the sacks, but we were getting the pressure and forcing him to throw out of rhythm, and he was missing a lot of throws. It was – I thought we made the adjustments we needed to close out the game. I was fine with the extra point live, but looking back, I would have rather have went for two knowing what their next drive was. I get it. I mean, and if you guys went for two and missed it and you were up by seven and the Eagles scored that touchdown, I think they would have gone for two. And then taking that a step further, let's say that there wasn't the holding penalty real quick and the Chiefs ended up scoring a touchdown to make it 42 to 35 with, let's say, two minutes to go. The Eagles get the ball. If they get in the end zone, I have zero doubt they would go for two in the win. Oh, yeah. they. Oh, yeah, they definitely would. And it just it would just off of how well they were running with Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. and how big of a push their offensive line kept getting, and those short yard to go situations. There's no doubt in my mind they would have went for two if we would have gave them the chance for a two minute drill. I think so, and and as a as a Giants fan, I'm not upset that they didn't get that two minute drill. Now, let's let's talk about that real quick. So the Chiefs get the ball after the Eagles tie the game at 35 with a few minutes to go. Chiefs drive down the field, and there is a controversial, let's call it, holding penalty on James Bradbury against Juju Smith-Schuster on a pass that Juju probably would not or would not have caught up to anyway. What that allows the Chiefs to do is get the automatic first down. Jarek McKinnon was smart enough to get slide down at the one-yard line where the Chiefs could run the clock almost all the way down, kick a field goal with, I want to say, eight seconds to go, not give the Eagles a realistic chance to come back and tie or win the game. And real quick, just the holding penalty, what did you think of the call? Uh, I don't like the call. I mean, it was a hold, but they had let both teams play pretty handsy on like the like corners versus receivers. At, like all game, there was – pretty much no calls for like pass interference or like holding they the and there were several times where like there was clearly a penalty taking place it's just kind of weird to have it called in that spot and not have called it like all game yeah i definitely understand that point because i i would agree that the referees weren't really a huge factor going up 
going through most of the game. And then they call that hold in a crucial spot. It would have been a fourth down. The Chiefs would have had to kick a field goal, go up by three, but the Eagles would have had a full two minutes. And I believe their full complement or, or at least two of their timeouts to go down and try to win the game or at the very least tie it. Who knows what would have happened, but that holding penalty did make it a moot point. And the, the Chiefs, McKinnon especially, incredibly intelligent play to get down, run the clock all the way down. I want to give him credit for that because it, it's a, a genius play. And if the Chiefs coaching staff was in his ear, I want to give them some props as well. But, I mean, you, you look back at it and you see all the angles and the replays and the controversy. And and James Bradbury was a former Giant, too, and I liked him a lot when he played for us. So it, this I don't say this is a personal thing. I didn't love the call, but I, I think the controversy is at least a little overblown just because when you look at it, it was a hold in fairness. Now, it, was it inconsistently called throughout the game? 100%. But at, at the very least, at least it was a flag. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it warranted a flag. I, again, I just didn't like how that was the one situation where it got called all game. That, that is perfectly understandable because you go through the course of a game, whether it's football, Super Bowl, or any other sport, you want to see calls being made by the officials consistently on both sides throughout a game. They need to establish what's going to be a flag or a penalty or a foul or whatever sport you're watching and what isn't. And throughout the game, I thought that the referees did a solid job of that. And then they make this one huge call at the end. It was a hold by definition, but if they're letting that go all game on both sides and then they call it right at the end, I don't love it. And I know a lot of other people don't either. And I don't just mean Eagles fans. Yeah, no, I'm a Chiefs fan, and I don't, I wouldn't have called it after how they started the game. I got to respect it. Now, um, before I go off onto a, a small tangent here, uh, was were there any other points about the game itself you wanted to make at, at, besides those? Um. I mean, just besides, I loved how physical our defense came out to start the game. Like, they were flying to the ball all game. I liked the intensity. It was something I hadn't really seen all year. It kind of looked like we were reacting most of the year. That Super Bowl just looked kind of more instinctual. Especially in the second half, right? I mean, you guys were down by 10 at the half. I believe you became the second team to win a Super Bowl where you're down two scores at the half. I think the Patriots over the Falcons was the first one. What a, what about us against the Niners? Wasn't that two or three scores? You guys were down two scores in the fourth quarter, which I would honestly argue is more impressive. But I think it was a one-score game at halftime. Hmm. I don't know. My memory is a little off on that It's one of those weird fucking arbitrary stats. Like, you know the type. But I I could swear that I saw that that you guys only were the second team to come back from two scores at the half. But uh, I would argue that coming back from two scores in the fourth quarter, when you have even less time to rally from it, is even more impressive. Fair. I don't know. I think I'm – I don't know. The Super Bowl almost feels better than the first one. Was part of that because our our good friend Nick is a fan of the other team? I think that's a nice chunk of it, honestly. But <laughs> I don't mean to be, like, a dick about it because, like, 
I, I still really like the Eagles. I do not. I I really like the Giants too, Sprig. I'm I really invested to my team and my friends' teams. Oh, that, that that's very sweet to hear. Real, I mean, real quick before we we make any final points, can I just mention real quick that uh, I know that the Giants obviously had nothing to do with the Super Bowl, but the Giants had their best season since their last Super Bowl championship 11 years ago. We won our, a playoff game, and we were still the third best team in our own division. Do you think uh, you guys will finish third in the division again next year? I think it's a real strong possibility. I want to say second, but I, I don't know what that was. That's fair. I would love to see us beat at least one of the two teams in front of us in our division. I'd love to beat both, but th this episode, as much as I'd love to talk about my own team, not about the Giants. So real quick, again, before we dive into a couple of random other topics, Blake, I want to say congratulations on the Super Bowl championship on that. And I'm also especially happy that it was against the Eagles. No offense to, to them. Actually, you know what? Full, full offense intended, but Congratulations on the Super Bowl. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Um, definitely. I've been enjoying it. it I, I, I'm kind of curious how long this little wave is going to ride out. It's been a good week so far. I mean, Mahomes is only, what, 27? Yeah, 27, two Super Bowls, two MVPs. It's not a bad start to his career. Not a bad start to his career at all. A lot of upside, and I'm never going to guarantee or just assume anything, but there is definitely the opportunity for the Chiefs to be in this position again in the near future and multiple times. So I'm not trying to jump the gun on that, but there's absolutely the potential for that to happen. But before we look ahead to that, just enjoy this one. Lord knows I would love to enjoy my own team's championship and we we talk about hot takes and cold beers on this one. Were you drinking any Coors Lights to honor Patrick Mahomes? Oh um, no, not tonight. I just you know work didn't stop to get anything. I just came straight home. Didn't feel like that kind of night for me. That's fair. I personally had the night off from my own sports teams playing before we started recording. So I met up with some friends, had a few beers, went to a bar, had a couple of Bloody Marys, and I love them. If anyone doesn't like them, too bad. I think they're great. But uh, ignoring the, the the cold beers part of this for a second, or cold drinks, I guess, The uh, I, I just wanted to ask for fun out of curiosity. Halftime show was Rihanna this year. What did you think of the halftime show? Dude, I loved it. I've had some Rihanna songs stuck in my head all week. Um, and to see that, see that baby bump was a was a nice surprise. A nice surprise, or you were disappointed that you didn't give it to her yourself. I mean, realistically, I know I've never had a shot in hell with Rihanna, so <laughs> I'll just be happy that it's ASAP Rocky. <laughs> I mean, I was wondering, like, I, I didn't mean it as a bad thing when I saw the show. I was like, uh, the, the way that she was pointing, dancing, whatever, I am far from a musical or choreography expert. But I was thinking, is she pregnant again? Like, maybe I'm not judging, but 
I, I thought the show was solid. Uh, it, I I didn't love it, but I think part of that is just because I loved last year's Super Bowl halftime so much, and it would have been really hard for me to to enjoy another show more than that one. Yeah, I, the only critique I could have on the show was like there was no guests, like guest acts. It was kind of weird seeing a, just a flat-out solo Super Bowl show. I feel like we haven't had one of those in a while. Well, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think The weekend brought anyone out a couple years ago. You know what? Maybe not. I mean, I think part of that was because he was performing not long after maybe still in the middle of all the COVID stuff. What was it? Wasn't that the year the Super Bowl was like a quarter full stadium? Yeah, that was wasn't wasn't that Chiefs Bucks COVID year? I think it was. God, yeah, that was a terrible Super Bowl. Well, because the Chiefs beat the 49ers, what, like maybe a month before the world got shut down? Yeah, one or two. Something like that. And I think that was the Jennifer Lopez and Shakira one. Like, I don't remember all of the Super Bowl half times. Like, I think Rihanna's extremely talented. I don't think it was a bad show. I just, I was at least a little disappointed by it. But I think part of it might be because she didn't play Disturbia. And I fucking love Disturbia. Oh, I wanted her to come out to run this town so bad. But at least she did run this town at some point during the show. Yeah, I did. I didn't like. Uh, Bitch, better have my money as the opener. I did not. That's fair. I I thought it was kind of funny. I mean, I I wasn't honestly too surprised that she didn't have any guests other than the other than the child, which I'm assuming was the big reveal or whatever. But because I I think I read that she hadn't done any live performances in like five years which is kind of hard to believe considering how big of a name she is and how she's been a huge megastar ever since I can remember. Yeah, definitely weird that she didn't do a show for like four years. But I mean, I think the guest thing is just kind of disappointing to me because of like just the list of different people that could have been there, you know? Well, last year, there there were all the headliners with Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Kendrick, Mary J. Blige, and then they brought out 50 Cent, I believe. And yeah. I, I love that. And the, I'm, I, I don't remember all the guest spots. Like I remember Katy Perry brought out Missy Elliott one year, whatever year that was. But not everyone does. And Rihanna did perform two songs, or at least portions of two songs, I have a feeling I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that the NFL wouldn't have approved Kanye West as a guest. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, I have enjoyed all the memes of like uh, Kanye when he heard all of the lights at the halftime show. And I love the song, All of the Lights, but I, I can absolutely understand why he has not exactly made himself an endeared possible guest in recent months without going in any other further detail. But um, uh, you know what? Just one last fun question because I feel like it. Who do you think, like if, if the NFL, you put a gun to the, the head of whoever the executive in charge of the show is for halftime, do you think they would have approved Kanye or Chris Brown as a guest first? Uh, Chris Brown, he hasn't been controversial as recently as Kanye. 
<laughs> That's a low fucking bar, isn't it? <laughs> he hasn't I, been a piece of shit recently enough. Yeah, yeah, recently enough. I mean, I'm not going to lie and say I pay attention to every move they make because Lord knows I don't care. I have enough problem paying attention to my sports teams. But um, they, they are both very controversial human beings. And uh, one of them has a lot of controversial history with Rihanna specifically. So I, I, I don't think that uh, Chris Brown would have been an option regardless. But just I, I'm wondering what the optics would have been for him compared to Kanye and all of his recent let's go with comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because I, I'm not gonna sit here and get on a, a soapbox or a high horse or anything. But it, if she was gonna bring someone out, I I think there would have been options that would have been less stupid than those two. Yeah, like uh, I would have loved the uh, love the way you lie with Eminem. See, now that would have been awesome. I, I'm with you on that. Or even the monster, same you know, with also with Eminem. Oh, uh, we're not talking monster by Kanye. Oh, see now, now you got me circling back to it. I mean, hell, Jay Z was in the building. Uh, uh may, maybe uh, she could have done talk that talk and brought him out, or um, or she could have brought him out for Umbrella, or run this town. Well, yeah, she did run this town, but she didn't run Jay Z out onto the stage. Yeah, I Jay Z is one of my favorite parts of that song. See, when this, like, this is yeah, I said Oh man, you, you know what? Uh, I know this has nothing to do with anything. Uh, did you, you remember that song Rihanna did with Kanye and Paul McCartney for five seconds? Oh my god, I fucking love that song. I, I also I don't, fucking love that song, and I thought Rihanna. I didn't bring it up because I didn't know if coming. you. I didn't bring it up because I didn't know if you would know that. Oh, dude, you, you got to give me some credit. I know music better than people would expect. Dude, I, that is such an underrated song. Dude, I, it's one of my personal favorites. It's just like, it always puts me in a good mood when I hear it. I like it a lot, man. And Rihanna's singing on it's great. Did you know Paul McCartney has the same birthday as me? Hmm. I did not, but I do now. Not the same year, obviously, but the same day. Uh, Takeoff also had the same birthday as me, but uh, may he rest in peace. And you always remember that. You know, it's hard to forget after a while. Like, I, I know this, again, has nothing to do with anything. But that ex-extension cord guy from a few years ago, he, the day that he was killed was my 21st birthday. That is terrible. Yeah, I'm, I'm not supporting that or anything. I'm just, I, I, I'm saying for me personally, it's memorable because I people were texting me, calling me, whatever. I didn't have a super responsible job back then. And I was ready to go out and, and drink with my friends that night. And then all of a sudden I got texts about him and I'm like, wait, what? Is, uh, isn't he like 20? Yeah. Um. So also unrelated to everything, uh, around Thanksgiving time, when my stepbrother was in town, uh, we went to a bar, and uh, on the drive home, he was playing that uh, P&B rock and pop smoke song, Oh, that was like shortly after 
Well, not shortly after, but it was after PNB Rock also died. Yeah, so Pop I was just Smoke like, too. yeah, I was just like sitting there like, this song is great, but I, all I can think about is the fact that these two men are now dead. So if any of our listeners are big music fans, contemporary music fans, or have any podcasts or anything, what, what you should be taking from this as is that we can both contribute to a musical podcast as well as sports is what what I'm hearing here. Yeah, uh, definitely. I love uh, rap music and all all sorts of different kinds of rap music. I go down a lot of different rabbit holes. I respect it. Now, I, I will say real quick, uh, with, with Rihanna show, circling back to that, now, it was far from bad or anything. I'm not saying that. But I, I, I think my favorite part was some of the memes with all the guys in the puffy white jumpsuits or whatever running out. And my favorite yes. caption to that video was ASAP Rocky sperm cells. Yes. That was fucking excellent. Oh, I saw one that was like... Uh me running to Twitter to see all the memes. <laughs> uh, like, I, I think I saw it was like my white blood cells uh, fighting an infection off in my body. Nice. <laughs> something, something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was, but they were all excellent. People are really creative with their memes on Twitter and I'd like to give them props. Yeah, I wish I was pretty... Uh, I wish I was better at coming up with my own memes. <laughs> Uh, that would be a sky. I feel like it would get us some money at this point. But uh, I mean, uh, that that's all I had for the halftime show myself. I uh, just wanted to end it on uh, something a little bit more fun and random. Was there anything else about the game itself that you wanted to talk about, Blake, before we wrap this one up? Uh, all I got left is Isaiah Pacheco runs hard. He runs really hard and. For me, it's we learned who the superior Kelsey brother is. Also, uh, real quick, what did you think of Juju's trolling on Twitter with the holding penalty for Valentine's Day? Uh, I mean, it was cute, but I'm glad AJ Brown clapped back. Yeah, you think he brought some bad Juju before the Super Bowl parade? Uh, no. No, but I, I do want him out of town. I don't think that's going to be a problem. He only signed a one-year deal, right? Yeah, I'm hoping that somebody else is like, "Hey, we'll take him," because I, I really, I really hope we don't resign them. I there's too many guys in the wide receiver room that I like and would like to see have bigger roles next year, and he's just such a hateable guy. You know what I'd love to be in real life is I would love to have the Melvin Gordon role on a Chiefs type team, preferably for the Giants, of course. But if I was a player and I could get myself a Super Bowl ring, and no offense to Melvin Gordon, who I think is at a solid career, but not have to do much work for the Chiefs in order to get it, I wouldn't complain very much. Yeah, I mean if I could get a Super Bowl ring being the towel guy's assistant, I I'd be the towel guy's assistant. You'd be the towel guy's assistant. Bobby Boucher would be proud. You should be the water boy's assistant. That's what my original thought was, and I was like, "No, I can't say that." Sure, you can. I just did. Yeah, I didn't want to reference a movie I haven't seen. See, you're surprised that I knew music. Are you surprised I knew that movie too? Because I've seen like seven movies in my life. 
Oh, you too? We're, dude, I, I amaze people all the time at work with all the shit that I have not seen. Dude, I have this conversation at my work all the time, especially with Disney movies. I've seen none of them. <sighs> my amount of Disney movies has gone up since having a child, but I'm still pretty far down there. Fair enough. I mean, I don't have any children or anything, but uh, I'm assuming that you haven't shown your daughter any of the movies I have seen. Like, you haven't shown her The Hangover yet. Uh, no. No, I have not. When do you think that's going to happen? Like, when she turns three? Uh, maybe five. You know, she's got to be able to understand some of the humor. <laughs> I respect it, my guy. I, I really do. But I mean, that that's about all I had for this week. Just wanted to end it on a lighter note. I, I wanted to say congrats again on the Super Bowl. Did you want to throw in any other final thoughts? Uh, yeah. Fuck you, Nick. You're wrong. <laughs> I I can echo that one. Now that now that it's over again. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. Fuck you, Nick. Any Eagles fan? I fuck him. I hate him so much. But. Not gonna, uh, not gonna gloat too much or anything. He did. Uh, I, I thought he handled it extremely. He he handled the game better than I would have if it was the Giants. So I want to make sure I uh, mention that because I don't, I don't want to be a hypocrite here. But Blake, congratulations again. Enjoy it. I know I would if I were in your shoes. But that that's all I got for this week. So I wanted to thank all of our listeners for tuning in, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl recap. We're gonna be back. Next week, we're going to go back to our upload schedule on Tuesdays here going forward. Now that the season's over, we're going to be recording most of these episodes on Sundays. We're going to have some episodes coming up soon about the NFL coaching hires during this cycle. Every team has hired a new head coach since the last time we recorded. And we're going to start getting into some NFL draft episodes because Blake and I both are very big fans of the draft. We love that process and we're looking forward to discussing it. And we have a lot more coming up. So I wanted to make sure everyone's ready for that excited to tune in and want to make sure that I remind everyone to rate review subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and to follow our Twitter and Instagram pages at take a swig pod but for Blake that's all I had for this week this is swig signing off congrats to the Chiefs on the Super Bowl thanks for tuning in have a good week everybody we'll be back